This is the Tulsa Music Stream. You are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or Twitch. I don't know which one. But Recording one in progress. That's all I know. Anyway, uh, my name's Scott, and this is the Tulsa Music Stream. Today's guest, we do have Jizzy Pearl, and we'll. This is the fifty-first episode. Fifty-one. So, gosh, amazing. I know. We're like like seasoned veterans now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're on YouTube, or if you have a YouTube account, or a Facebook account, or Twitter page whatever uh make sure you add tulsa music stream and uh hit the notification and the bell and all that good stuff so that every time we go live you will get that notification and you can join us each and every time we have an awesome guest like jizzy pearl for sure yeah jizzy has been amazing he's nothing but professional uh very intelligent guy we're always so glad to get a chance to talk to him he's actually already here so if you guys are okay i'm gonna work on getting him in the room yeah yeah very prompt and on time i wouldn't expect anything else from mr pearl he is getting hooked up as we speak yeah i'd like to personally thank everybody who came out this weekend to the to the shows even though the roads were, were semi-bad and yes. and the cimarron was it was a good night friday it was a great night saturday for uh paralandra so Fantastic. thanks everybody for coming out and supporting the bands totally it's totally, very important totally awesome i'm gonna check in with jizzy here jizzy can you hear us and see us okay hello hola. yeah can you hear us now hola. hola hola can you hear us bud yeah it is me okay i can hear you Wow, this is uh, this is bilingual. That's great because we don't speak any Spanish. Mot- mucho mota, mucho mota. <laughs> Let me get you on screen. There you are. How are things mota. going? Uh, good, good, good. Are we uh, are we on? As we, it, we are as on it, live are on. as we speak. This Say is... hello to Tulsa. Uh, are you guys uh, frozen out? Is that what I'm hearing? It's it, we've just been through a pretty rough winter storm out here. Yeah, finally the streets are clearing off a little, but we were hunkered down for a couple few days it, it, it got super cold and we got what do you what about the truth is it, it fucking sucks yeah it was bad, badly it fucking sucks it was yeah, terrible it's nothing like la no 
no, nothing. Well, it's tough here in Vegas. It's about 70 degrees. And yeah. Jeez, uh-huh. uh-huh. man. Thank you, guys. Rub it in. Thanks, Jizzy. Yeah, rub it in, rub it in. Well, we really, we just want to tell you how much it meant to us that you agreed to come back on and talk about your new book. And we're going to dig into that and a lot of other stuff. I want to lay the groundwork a little bit. Before we dig into the book, let me put this up. Um, Not only is the new book, which is called All the Devils Out now and available for purchase at jizzypearl.net, Jizzy's also done a reissue of his previous three books, and, and there, uh, that's a limited run. And every copy that, that he sells, he also is going to sign it for you guys. So if you go visit his website at jizzypearl.net, you will see your different purchasing options there. You can either buy the books individually or he's also offering a book bundle uh, where you can get a couple of different copies or all three. And all the prices are extremely reasonable for the quality of entertainment and intelligence that you get in these books. They are They do not disappoint. And... Jizzy, I hope you'll bear with me for a minute. This is going to be a little bit long-winded of of something I want to say to you, but at the core of it is a thank you because you've helped me with something, and I want to explain what I'm talking about. And there's a question at the end of this for you. I want to pull up an excerpt from your introduction, uh, and this is in your new book, All the Devils, and I'm going to tell you why this helped me. Let me read it to our viewers here. It said, so I had an epiphany. I realized that writing these crazy stories has made me feel young again. I can still be cutting edge. I can still push those same buttons I pushed in the 90s, only on paper. That glorious feeling can still be achieved through the written word, my friends. I can still be Jizzy. I don't have to settle with just being Jim, even though I am Jim too. Jim is happily married. Jim is sober. Jim is still doing sit-ups and still rocking on the road. But the other guy, Jizzy, that guy can still blow your mind. Now, let me put you back on screen. I, I want to explain to you why this set off a, a light bulb for me. It really helped me. I'm 48 years old. Since the age of 17, in addition to working my day jobs, all I've ever done and all I've ever known is playing in local bands, and that's been my life. And as I age and get to that, that point where it's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm not doing this anymore, and I've been kind of freaking out, thinking, God, i got to reinvent myself and I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I read that, and I thought, you know what? You don't really have to reinvent yourself. You just figure out a way to let the younger, crazier version of you live on in a different form. So here's my question after all that blah, blah, blah. What, in your, in your words, tell us why you think it's important to hold on to that younger, crazier version of yourself as you age. Well, I'll give credit to... Uh to Tracy Guns because he was the one that told me years ago that music keeps you young. And um, I think he's right. And I say that in the sense that when you see people retire from music, professional musicians, they get fat and they get, they, they, they start to let their hair get gray and they start to, it's almost like Bilbo Baggins, losing the ring you know what i mean yeah all of a sudden he starts aging again and so that's kind of how i feel that music it, it it keeps you young but it also forces you to stay in the game because you want to you know you want to keep that standard of excellence up and uh so you don't get you know booed on youtube and uh so i mean i think that's part of it and, and when I wrote that part in the foreword, it's because 
because when I first came out with, with my blackout in the Red Room record, and we were in England and stuff, you know, we were pretty famous then. Mm -hmm. We were pretty huge. And I remember it fondly, selling out 2,000 seaters, tours selling out, you know, two months before we ever even got there. I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, we were on the covers of magazines and all that rock star shit. Right. And and here we are 30 years later. And, you know, I'm not trying to chase that guy because that guy is never going to come back. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be in some 20 year old band. You know what I mean? And, yes. and that's OK. And that's okay because because I, I had that time in my life. But writing can still, you can still push the buttons of, uh, you know what I mean, that, yes. that, that can be pushed. Sure. And so I guess that's what that's about. Sure. That makes sense to me. And you, you, know, you, you know, you got to be that guy when you were younger and you survived it. <laughs> and, and, and which is how I feel too. And so, you know, you, you, you I don't know. I guess you get wiser and, and, but like, yeah, like you say, you know, you're, and then when you're in those kind of bands, you know, today and you're 50 years old, you're competing with 21, 22, 23 year olds, you know, so you, and you got to stay relevant in that way if you're, if you're going to continue to play music, but yeah. Um, well, but, but the, that's why guys like me, you know, always end up in the, in the, what could be called legacy bands. It's just easier. You know, I belong in bands like Quiet Riot, Great White, Slaughter, because that's my time. Right. You know what I mean? That's the time that that I know, and that's the music that I like the best. And so I belong in this genre. You know what right. I mean? If I was sure. trying to shop at Hot Topic and try and be <laughs> a, a kid, it would. I'd be. I'd be. You know what I mean? It would yes. be absurd. Sure. So uh, that's all. Right, and that kind of goes with one of your chapters. Um, we talk about Queen and your idols, and meeting, mm -hmm. you know, Brian May, and 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 just all you know these these people, and then they eventually die, and how you have to cope with that, you know, and then you survived it, like he said, you survived, you know, and then you turned into that. Um, you know, dealing with death is, is a scary thing. And, and, and I just recently have become sober myself. I'm almost 11 months now myself. And, you know, like you say, you know, you've, you've had all these years, 30, I me 30 plus years of drinking. And, and now I have to like figure out, well, what do I do next? You know, mm -hmm. but you know, that that's, the, that's one of the things about sobriety. And, and I always see this stuff on, on blabbermouth, you know, people talking about their sobriety. And I, I guess maybe for some people it's hard to do, but for me, it was just easy. I mean, it was just, it was just, I, I've had my share yeah. of frosty pints of sure. beer, sure. you know, and they're tasty, those pints. Yeah. And I've done, I've done the shenanigans and I've done the late nights and I've done the, the all nighters and I, you know, I burnt the candle at both ends. And so you get to a point where, you know, you don't want to be some 80 year old aqua lung looking dude right. in a trench coat. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
like yes. uh, like like bum fights or something, you know. I just... <laughs> right. Well, this this leads perfectly into talking about another chapter that's that stuck out to me. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I'm not all the way through your book yet, but the parts I've read are just as masterful and just as creative and entertaining as your previous books. So congratulations to you. But the chapter Saturday night with with Bale the Destroyer, I hope I'm saying that right. To me, I, I read that and you, you at the first of it, you kind of talk about how you're sober now and then you sort of go through this very detailed uh, you know, description of the rinse and repeat process of getting hammered every night, getting laid every night, waking up with your. Now, your, there's nothing wrong with getting laid. Well, every now, night. now hold on now, but but you know, with with unknown people, I mean, just sure. and you know, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, everybody on the outside of of this world, we're all looking in and going, man, those guys just have a blast. They party, but as I'm reading your description of it. It seems really dark and empty. So my question for you is, when you're living this lifestyle at the time, the rinse and repeat debauchery every night, are you comprehending at that point in time that this is pretty empty and, and meaningless? Or are you just in it's so in the moment and in such a haze as it's happening that you don't even really think about anything that deep about it? Um, well... That's like a seven-part question, so let me try. <laughs> Just have at it. <laughs> unravel it. Um, yeah. Well, when you struggle your whole life as a musician, and then you finally get a record deal, it's you've earned the hammer of the gods. You've earned the right to pillage the village every night. <laughs> and drink every night, you know, and 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 hang out and do the do all the stuff that you envisioned your idols doing, like Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones, and and all the crazy shit that you you feel you've earned after years of poverty and struggle and and having all your friends think you're a loser, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what you do, and when you're out on a a rock and roll bus. I mean, this is back in the day. Sure. You know, you're on MTV, you're opening up for your idols like Ronnie Dio and, and, and ACDC and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of like those people that win the, that, that you see on the news that win the lottery and they screw up and yes. you're sitting there on your couch going, you know what, if that was me, I would make sure that I would never do that. Right. You know, of course you would. Somebody gave you a hundred million dollars. You would just you'd you'd f it up just like these people did because sure. because that's what happens when you get the keys to the candy store. Mm -hmm. And so part of when we were first touring and stuff like that, hey man, I was I was having a great time every t all the time and mm -hmm. and just like everyone else. I mean, sure. I was no different from all the other guys, right. you know, all the bang tangos and all the faster pussycats and all the LA Gunses, we were all out there banging the same chicks, you know, hitting the same clubs, blah, blah, blah. You know, one thing about that story that I was talking about is that some of that desperation mm -hmm. when you're drinking and you're, and you're, and it, and it gets to gets you to a dark place. That's because 
you're you're dealing with with you're not you know have I made the right choice in my life you know I'm 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 28 years old and I have no money I have no car did I screw up my life right. is being a musician really going to happen you know you start the, the the doubt starts to enter your mind and then all your friends are getting record deals and you're not so of course that makes you want to drink more sure and so some of the stories in that particular uh chapter are more about um the crazy guy that's that's just uh like mr hyde you know what i mean mm -hmm. like what happens when mr hyde drinks well he, he he's gets in trouble you know and that's uh it's it's kind of not a happy thing but then there's a happy ending because you get the record deal and uh you know happy ending did you ever feel like that when you were doing all that stuff like you were supposed to do that stuff that came came with the territory it's what your well, it's what your your heroes did i mean so i used to do look, drugs man, and, 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 let me tell you something when i toured with ozzy um and this is a funny story I wanted to party with the guy that was snorting ants. Right. Mm -hmm. Drinking you know piss. What I, mean? mm -hmm. I was in training, getting ready so I could keep up with this guy. You know, <laughs> right. if, if, if we were going to go to a hotel and he was going to shit in someone's shoe, I was going to do it. I'll do it in the other shoe. Right. You know what I mean? I was totally ready to, because that was, you know, he was, I mean, Black Sabbath. And so what happened was, was I went on tour with those guys and Ozzy is sober. I mean, maybe not sober, sober, but, but not the guy, not the guy in the dirt, that guy. Right. And, and I go past his dressing room and Ozzy's on a life cycle. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. just sitting there pedaling on a life cycle wow. and, and it's totally fucking with my mind because I'm just going, I want the other guy. <laughs> right. I don't want this guy. I mean, Ozzy doing sit-ups didn't, didn't, wasn't the, what I had thought that I was going to get. And kind of so, loses uh, its thrill, you know? Well, and so we had to, you know, when we were backstage and stuff, it was a dry backstage. We were, we weren't allowed to drink backstage because, we were trying to keep him, you know, sober. Mm -hmm. And so we would just be sneaking beers and Zach Wild would come to our bus every night before the show and he'd pound about a twelve pack. Wow. Jeez. And you know, because he couldn't drink around him either. So I'm just saying that that it it was just weird. It was like being in school where you had to sneak out. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. I had to go sneak I had to go sneak a beer and something yes. like that. But uh but yeah, that that's that was a, you know, we ended up, you know, drinking anyway. Oh, well. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> so you have J Pearl TV. And yes. I believe yeah, that's... Have you, uh, have, you seen, have you seen some of that stuff? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Let's put it up on the screen. Yeah, go ahead, Scott, with your question. Well, I did I did watch some some videos and, and I see where you're talking a lot about, you know, of course, your book and things like that and... There's one episode I watched was about the, uh, of course, the platinum, the platinum club, and then another one was where you were in, I guess, in London on the street of London, and I guess some, some, some sort of 500 people or something wasn't able to get into one of your concerts, so you and um, your tar your guitarist went out there. Oh, and, right, and, right, right, yeah. So yeah, tell us a little about uh, your TV, your but, YouTube channel. Well, it, it started out um, as a way to sell the book. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because podcasts, you know, there's there's certain podcasts that are fun. This podcast is good. We have a good conversation. The best podcasts are conversations. The best interviews are conversations. They're not somebody just reading this sterile Wikipedia thing at you and your answer and so your answers are gonna be Wikipedia answers. You know what I right. mean? Right. And it's just so tell us about the red room that you were in when you were <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just I would I would fuck with people when 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 I used to do interviews in Germany and and and, uh, and back then because they they don't understand they don't have sarcasm as much mm-hmm. so sometimes I would get just bored and I would just say outlandish shit and it would come out in the paper the next day you know what I mean? <laughs> Jizzy's right. decided that he's gonna you know walk across America. You know, and and in search of the perfect, I don't know, blowjob or whatever, and uh, and it would be in the newspaper, and I was just everyone would get mad at me. I'm just going, I just, you know, when can I find a good conversation? Sure, yeah. But anyway, so that's what this this whole thing was about, the J Pearl TV, and now and now it's starting to evolve into. Plus, I get to put all my music up on the site, you know what I mean? Right. Because the Spotify thing is iffy. You gotta you gotta get permission from people and, and it's hard to hunt down people that own your publishing and have mm-hmm. licensed your publishing and stuff. But if you just put the record up on, you know, YouTube, you can just hear all the records. Sure. Which yeah. is great. So what and, is your uh, go ahead. And I get to do stories like my Hollywood stories and stuff. I actually finished up a new one. It's funny. I mean it's you know it's it's kinda humorous stuff it's cool because it it sort of just brings the the stories in your books to life and and uh, well he's kind of he has a chapter about the whole interviews and things like that where he talks about you know djs being pissed off at him or something because he doesn't remember their names it's like he knows he does all these interviews and you know yeah it and i well yeah remember djs remember Remember radio stations, remember record stores, remember everybody would come to your concert and they would all be invited by the record company and you had to be super, super nice to all these people. And sometimes these people would be shitty. Um, One time some record store people came to one of my uh, ACDC shows when we were opening up and they were just, they were kind of shitty. And and we were just trying to make conversation. They were all backstage, and I and 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 I just said, "So have we sold any records at your store?" And this girl just goes, "You haven't sold any records." Oh, geez. and I just and I just thought, I said to her, "I go not one," and she goes, "Not one." And I just wow. thought, you know, what a yeah insert negative yeah. word yeah. here. You know what I mean? And I have to be nice to these people. And I just went off and started freaking out in another dressing room. And then the next day I get a call from the record company. You need to apologize to this record store because they were insulted. And you they were you said they treated them, you know, and I just... Good grief. Wow. What a game. What yeah. a game. It's crazy. That's kind of one of the good things about now is that you don't have to... You know, if, if you don't want to do an interview with someone that you don't like, you don't have to do it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. The powers. You don't have hands. to go. You don't have to go kiss the ring in every right, town. Right. Well, then we feel we feel honored to have you back for yeah, a second man. time. Then. Well, totally. like I said, I mean, conversation, you know, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's let's talk a little bit about about this. So this is uh, Love Hate Hell California, and the release date did get pushed back a little bit, but it's coming out on March 11th. Yeah. Can can you uh, Scott? Do you have something to ask about that or or? No, I just uh, listened to the his, the sing one of his singles he's got on Spotify. Yeah. And it's it's amazing, and, and I think you talk. I think it's about uh, some rock rocket expert or something some guy uh, oh oh yeah 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 uh it's it's about um this guy named jack parsons yeah who uh who um was one of the forerunners of alistair crowley of of rocketry and stuff like that but he was also this this alistair crowley guy he was this complex satanist rocket guy and he had this weird life and and um and I just ended up kind of writing it about him and Crowley and and stuff like that. But uh, I, you know, I have weird subjects when I write songs. Sometimes I don't do the typical love songs. I write songs if I'm going to write a love song or a song uh, about that. It's going to be about me and my wife, and it's it's not going to be sappy. It's going to be kind of telling it how it is. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and how cool it is to be married and to be everyone, you know, you know, especially during lockdown, you know, when people were throwing shit at each other, because, because for the first time they actually had to live together. And uh, yeah, the name of the song is going to take you higher. Going to take you higher. And it's on Golden Robot Records. And I know you did something prior, you know, on Frontier. What's what to you is the difference between Frontier and and Golden Robot? Well, the, um, Frontier's kind of their bread and butter is kind of the AOR melodic rock stuff. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. they kind of really that's that's what they specialize in. I think you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. And. Uh, Golden Robot's kind of different in that they have different, they like different stuff. They like punk bands, they like rock bands, they like all sorts of stuff. And so there is no specific thing. I, I guess one of the big differences is that they didn't restrict me and they didn't um, tell me what I needed to play mm. and Which is a good stuff thing. like that. Well, a lot of labels, you know, if they're going to give you money, they want to know what they're getting. They want to know that you're not going to give them a, a, a song on a drum machine, you know what I mean, and go, you know, where's my 10,000 bucks? Yeah. Right. You, you know, so they were pretty cool about it. They trusted me to uh, deliver the product, and um, and I did. And uh, it's it's a good record. I mean, it is. It's it's better than the Frontiers one. It's it's heavier. Mm-hmm. It's I, I I made a point of putting more rhythm guitars in it. You know, instead of two, there's four or five. So it, it has kind of that like when you listen to ACDC or something, all those guitars are layered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. It's the same guitar rhythm, but it's probably five or six guitars. And that's what makes it so thick right. and heavy. Like same with um, Led Zeppelin, like on the Presence record, yeah. you hear that. There's probably eight rhythm guitars, and he's playing the exact same thing, but it has that that tone and that thickness that I really dig. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did on this recording. I recorded uh, one side all S. Pauls and one side SGs. 
So I had this kind of ACDC Zeppelin-y uh, mix. Cool. That's cool. That's really Who nice. plays lead on it? Because that lead is an amazing solo. That's uh, Darren. Darren Householder, the guy okay. that uh, played on my uh, other record. And he, he played on the Let's Rumble record with okay. Lil Hate. Awesome. Okay. One more question back to the J Pearl TV before we, we start talking a little bit about some Quiet Riot stuff. You know, I'm watching your videos as you're kind of doing the the reenactment of your, your stories. Have you ever, or maybe you already have done this and I just don't know, but have you ever considered getting into acting? Um, <clears throat> when I was in high school, and this is one of the stories in the book, I, I don't know if you guys got that far, but I had the lead in the school musical when I was a kid in high school. Nobody thought I could get it. I was just this stoner kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I got the lead in the school musical. And all of a sudden, I was the most popular kid on campus. Mm -hmm. I mean, sex-wise. You know, I was like a kid in a candy store. And, uh, and it was great. And then we had two weeks of performances, and it ended just like that. Mm. Wow. Wow. My... my uh, my rock star life came and went in two weeks and I was sort of left on the curb going, what just happened? But you got a taste um, of it and you, you, you yeah, ended and up getting it, more. You know, and a lot of my, the people that I was in my acting class with at the time in Los Angeles ended up being famous actors. Hmm. And uh, so I'd be stoned watching them on TV, you know, oh my God, she's just won the Grammy or she just won an Emmy, you know, and I'm just going, wow, I, I went to high school with these people and, and they're, you know, they're in the Doors movie, mm -hmm. you know. I honestly think you could do it if you ever thought you wanted to put your toe in that water because you're very good at, at being very animated and descriptive yeah. as you're telling the cool. stories. It's very cool. It's very You cool. know, it's... It, 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 it's a weird thing. I mean, what I'm trying to do on the J Pearl TV, it, it's just some people may not like it because they want their rock kind of Vince Neil two dimensional. They they can't kind of break off outside of the box mm -hmm. of what they think their rock musician should do and say and stuff. So for me, I'm just having fun with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of, you know, doing my own thing. And, um, you know, I hope people dig it. And it, of course, it helps to sell books. That's the big part. And, you know, right. I don't think I'm going to be some, you know, internet sensation or whatever. But, sure. uh, but it's fun. Let me put it back up one more time because I want to make sure people subscribe to it. Uh, J Pearl TV. And it's super entertaining, you guys. It's it's. I mean, the videos are great. And like he said, there's access to all his music as well on there. So check that out. For sure. Well, it's also, it's, it's also, it's cool to see guys that you know, who, who are, you've been lifelong musicians do, do cool little funny things outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I do stuff like a lot of guys do the songs and stories type thing, you know what I mean? Where they, they play acoustically and they talk about stuff when and, and most people just kind of talk about you know, well, I first wrote this song and I was in a little, you know, one room apartment and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I guess that's okay. 
that's cool. But to me, that's that's not. I would rather tell funny rock stories. You know, like the time when me and Zach Wilde got into a punching match, or the time where, you know, I almost got kicked off the Skid Row tour because it's because it's funny. You know, it's 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 kind of like Gilligan's Island where where they're just shaking their hands, Jizzy, stop. You know, but at the end of the episode, you know, it's a happy ending and I don't get kicked off the tour and me and Sebastian are hugging and, and, you know, it's, it, there's always a happy ending with, with my stories generally. I think most people really enjoy knowing and, and seeing that, getting that inside look into all the inner workings of a band. I mean, that's, that's why we love documentaries so much. And yeah. um, real quick, I, I, as we get into quiet riot talk, I have another story. Oh, question okay. About his you book. go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, I, you, you just you said that you belonged in with the with that type of music with you know the slaughters and this and that. And I know you get this question, and you actually have a chapter in the book where you you know you talk about the Sunset Strip, what it's like, how you know how the flyer, you know all the poles down the strip, and and where it starts, where it ends. And I know you get this question all the time about what's it like to be you know, back in the day on Sunset Strip. What I have a different question for you because, you know, with the recent news of Nikki Six and Eddie Vedder now going at it about, you know, this band sucks, that band is, you know, whatever. What was it like for you in the 90s on Sunset Strip? Um, After Nirvana ran, ran everybody off. Well, the thing is, well, it wasn't great. It, 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 <laughs> It wasn't um, all of a sudden it was like a ghost town in Hollywood. There were guys that just couldn't believe that, that you know, she's my cherry pie wasn't, wasn't, you know, on the radio anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and then there were guys that were trying to mimic Alice in Chains and, and, and you know what I mean with yes. the red flannel and trying to write songs like that and stuff like that. And, and it just, it's weird. I mean, you would give a record company guy a cassette demo and he goes, and he would go, you know, uh, I'll listen to it, but I know I'm not going to like it. I mean, just shit like that. Wow. You know, like all of a sudden you're uncool, kind of mm -hmm. like how disco became uncool almost immediately you know and the bgs were just going well now what do we do you know but see you know they were rich so they just you know they just went back to their mansions and, and did blow right. guys like us <laughs> guys like us were just going you know well what is, is this it is it over mm -hmm. you know what i mean is it over and so what you come to learn is that music is cyclical yes. meaning that um the 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 rock the 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 great white the warrant the the night ranger rock it always comes back mm -hmm. it's just you just have to wait it out you have to wait out the 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 grunge and then the ska and then the green day you know what i mean yeah. they're yes. all going to have their time in the sun and then, you know, if you stay true to yourself, eventually what you do best will return. And it did. 
-hmm. You know, I joined LA Guns, I think in 97 or 98, after a long dry spell. And uh, we were back playing Rock Never Stops tours on a bus, you know, playing big places. And it was, it was just like it had never s stopped. Yeah, right. I've seen a few you know of those. Well, not a lot of bands, not a lot of bands from that era. I mean, they're the very few that survived through the 90s, you know. I mean, I mean, slim. I mean, there is a few, though. There's a couple that, you know, continued to play. And even though they weren't getting the coverage, you know, I mean. i tell you who's had well, it worse the, was a lot of it, those one helps, wonder bands. It, it yeah. helps with the fans the, because, because the fans, if they didn't come, if they weren't into the music, then obviously, you know, there wouldn't be a scene anyway. I mean, I, we're doing, speaking of Quiet Riot, we're doing some stuff touring this summer mm -hmm. playing with some bigger bands and stuff in packages and um and yeah i mean it, it'll be similar to what it's always been you know people come out for three or four bands or you know and they're they're gonna get the shirts and drink the beers and hang out outside in the nice weather and and uh enjoy themselves so yeah it'll be great so Quiet Riot, you got new tour dates. Yes, you got Rudy Sarzo in the fold. He came, which is in. so cool. Yeah, it was is cool, but it seemed like it was like unexpected for me because yeah. of Chuck Wright and, and his establishment in Quiet Riot. To be honest with you, once Frankie uh, passed on, it was almost like there was what's the identity of Quiet Riot? Who's running the ship here? Who's who's calling the shots? And for me, I always thought, well, it, it's probably then at this point, Chuck Wright, and then suddenly now he's out, Rudy's in. What's going on, and how, how, um, are, how are things with you in, in, the, in the well, lineup? Well, Frankie's wife I, runs the ship, and Alex does a lot of the tour managing and a lot of the right. um, logistical stuff. And we have Sullivan Big as, as our agent, who's obviously one of the – heavy hitters mm -hmm. and um the machine sort of runs itself mm -hmm. i mean there's not there's not a whole lot i mean we we've, we've been doing this for so long that we you know what i mean it, yeah. it's yes. it, we know what we're doing and it's just having rudy back in the band obviously has has generated a lot of attention sure. and people want to see him play these songs Mm -hmm. You know, it's something to see, you know, yes. it, it's, it's, if you're into that music and you remember what you remember, you're going to see that when you come see the band, you know what I mean? You're not going to see, you're not going to see four big fat dudes with beards, you know, Bilbo Baggins sw sweating to the oldies, you know, it's, it's, you're going to get, some of that you know quiet riot uh experience and um and and trust me i i i see all that when we play i see all the guys in the opening bands backstage they're all on the side of the stage watching you know what i mean yeah. everybody's everybody's into it so what's the plan was it. was chuck leaving the band yeah prior to asking rudy to join the band or was rudy going to come back and you had to tell chuck well rudy's going to come back yeah, how did that uh, more of the latter? More of the latter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, without getting too much into the business particulars, 
you know, I think um, Rudy was really good friends with Frankie. Sure. And I think that, you know, he made a decision, not immediately, but after soul searching, you know, whatever you want to say, and decided that he would, you know, take the mantle and he would carry the torch. Wow. And, um, you know, he's an OG. He you was know, one of the, we interviewed the, him. He was one of the nicest guys. Yes. He's such yeah. a nice, nice guy. So, so that's, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, from a business standpoint, it's great. And also, you know, like you say, you know, he's easy to work with and, and we all get along and, you know, and all this dumb kid stuff, arguing and bickering and, and infighting, you know, stuff that happened in my my love hate band back in the day and in other bands that I was in like rat when there was fighting and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's not really, there's none of that in this. It's basically just it's business and it's people hanging out at breakfast, shooting the shit. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, it's and, a dream. and it, it's great. It's, it's, um, it's just that, you know, everyone kind of leaves their ego at the door and, and just does the best they can. And, and it's all about the music and it's all about sounding good and playing good. And, and everyone has that, that, you know, um, thing that, yeah. that, 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 that nobody wants to suck. You know, I was watching some video of you guys with Rudy and I mean, the Kevin Dubrow stuff is not easy to sing and you nail that stuff, man. I mean, yeah. it's, that's a high, it's a high register to sing a lot of those songs. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it no, is. You, yeah. no, you sounded great doing it, too. I was well, like, wow. Well, one thing I'll interject here for the folks who maybe haven't seen it. Scott and I have watched the 2014 documentary done on Quiet Right called Well, Now You're Here, There's No Way Back. We've probably watched that, I would say, four or five times. And oh, I, way more than uh, that. Well, <laughs> at okay. Least eight, okay. At least Because we eight. have to share it to show we it do. to friends. Yeah, so. we brought our bass player over and his wife the other night. We, we showed it to them because they hadn't seen it. I wish Jizzy had more of a part in it. Though. Yeah, you're in at the very end. I of course. Well, I'm, it was done. It was done before I ever joined. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when you see me sort of inserted at the very end, it's just because it was done. Right. You know what I mean? And so they couldn't really, at that point, you know, they 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 couldn't just open up that whole thing again and and reshoot. I got to tell you, though, it, it was a little different watching it. This this is the first time I've watched it since Frankie has passed. And I, that was, I it was a hard watch. It was it was a lot tougher to watch this time. Of course, you know, the, the first time you watch it, the, it's almost like it's in two halves. The first half of it is Kevin process or, or I'm sorry, Frankie processing and dealing with the death of Kevin. Mm -hmm. And and then the second half is just this chase for a new front man. And man, I got to tell you, we went the first time we saw that. And, you know, we're like, oh, okay, this guy gets the gig. Okay, that's cool. Good for him. And and then, bam, the very last scene, yeah, they cut him out. And, and here's Jizzy in the band. They finally <laughs> came to their senses and grabbed you. And, man. They just a... literally took a pair of scissors and <laughs> right. <laughs> put me back in. Right. That's right. funny. Yeah. But... I, I wanted to touch back with what you were saying because I actually have this written down when he brought up the rat and the infighting and the bickering and the fighting and John Karabi, he, he just recently was talking about rat himself, even back with when you were in the band and basically was saying, check your egos at the door. 
and he just couldn't, you know, there was a supposedly a new album that's supposed to come back or they were going to release a new album contract or something like that. And he just said, I can't do this. Even when Stephen Piercy came back and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm out. Tell us a little bit about those days. What's, what's I mean, the infighting and you guys would go off and eat and everything and they'd still be fighting about speed, well, timing. And it, stuff. It, it, it's not just them. It's all bands. I mean, I remember um, when I was a kid, I used to like that Super Tramp record, Breakfast in America. It's a great album. It was album. a long time ago. And I remember seeing them in concert and kind of, I don't know, digging them at some point. And then I heard the story about how they all hated each other and how they all traveled in separate limos and wouldn't speak to each other. I just, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I mean, you guys are this band and you make this great music. Why wouldn't you be best of friends and this and that? And then of course you join Love Hate and you realize, you know, the, the reality. Yeah. Um, I mean, we used to fight all the time and rat, Bobby and and Steve, I mean, Bobby and uh, Warren used to bicker, not fight, but just kind of bit, you know, bicker. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of time, I mean, I tried to do a love hate reunion, put it this way. I tried to do a love hate reunion in 2007 and I got my bass player and drummer <clears throat> and me and we all went to England and two gigs in the tour almost ended because they started fighting in the van and I'm sitting there watching this shit go down. And it was basically the old arguments. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It wasn't new stuff. It was, you think you're so smart. You think you're this, you know, well, you know, you think you're the blah, blah, blah. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is the shit that I used to hear back when we lived in the loft in 1988, the Mm -hmm. same stupid back and forth arguments. And so that's kind of how it was with rat is that those guys were fighting about stuff from 20 or 30 years ago. That's why we would all take off because it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like bitching about what song is going to be first in the set list and having it turn into a, a thing. It's just, there's more underlying. It's like an iceberg. You're not seeing the, the nine tenths of of animosity that's under the uh, water from years and years and years. I mean, those guys had been together for years and years. So I mean, yeah, I you know, but the the fighting and stuff like that, it's every band. Sure, absolutely. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many. I don't know how many. Ba- I mean, Rush might be an example of a band that truly got along. You know, you can see right. that they were just friends and 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 compadres and uh but uh, most bands are there's a lot of this going around and there's a lot of you know stuff there only needs to be one chef in the kitchen and sometimes other people don't get that yeah well it's more than that i mean it's it's when like the go-go's when they got big and famous they were you know jane weedland wrote all those songs she wrote um, our lips are sealed. Mm-hmm. And so she made demonstrably more money in songwriting than the rest of the guys in the band. And that was what started the breakup of their band is that everyone was bitching at her. Well, you're making 
10 times more money than we are. And she goes, well, I wrote all the fucking songs. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she, they wanted her to divide up her publishing five ways. And she said, no. And I, I'm just saying there, you know, sometimes women break up the band. Sometimes drugs break up bands. Sometimes yeah. it's just money. Yeah. Some guys are making more money than others. And the resentment starts to simmer. And after, like, it, like in the band, you know, the band, Levon Helm didn't speak to the rest of the guys in the band because he felt like he got ripped off. Mm. You know, all those songs, Cripple Creek and, you know, all those songs, he felt like he should have had a full share and he didn't get it. So he just wouldn't even play those songs. That reminds me of a story I heard about rap and, and that same thing happening with Bobby Blotzer being all pissed off because, you know, the other guys were getting the writing credits in the, in the, uh, I think it was Bo Hill I heard talk about this on, on some, some podcast, but so they tried to include Bobby in it somehow so Bobby wouldn't feel left out, you know, even though he was just putting a drum beat to... Full in bloom. Well, yeah, you know, that's what it was. They, 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 they will give, you know, I mean, there's, you don't have to have a complete dictatorship. I mean, you know, if you want people to be happy in a band, you give them a piece. Sure. You know, maybe you don't give them a full share, but you give them something. Because they contributed, you know what I mean? And yeah. Bobby, you know, for all his faults or whatever, you know, he played on all those records and he deserves, you know, Absolutely. a share of the songwriting. Sure. Not maybe an equal share, but but a share because yeah. because he put in his sweat and toil into those songs and, and you know, he deserves it. Yeah, I agree. I that. wanted to talk to you a little bit about, in your book, you talk about them being too eras of the sunset strip one being uh the motley era and you know quiet riot and i'm, I'm assuming you meaning the metal health and then you seen the guns and roses faster pussycat and i'm going to come back to this because i want to ask you about the van helen which was before that um era of sunset strip but in your book you you mentioned a lot of bands in there um wasp being one of them and they have just recently um have announced their tour and they're going to come back and bring all the whole, you know, fire and everything that they had, you know, when they came out on the sunset strip on this tour. And just recently in the news, we've just found out that Chris Holmes is now going to be, right. uh, he is battling right. cancer. Um, you know, how, how does that make you feel these people that you, you know, kind of came in, you came in from the Valley and then you had to work your way into all these different circles of LA and, and try to fit in with all this. And then, you know, all these people or start leaving us and things like that. I mean, I guess my question is, is how, how do you deal with, I guess your rock heroes passing? And I know you have a, a chapter on that, you know, when you talk um. about, well, you know, everyone is getting older. Um, there's certain people that I really dig as singers that are in their 70s and and you know, they can't they can't sing Baba O'Reilly anymore the way they used to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not his fault. I mean, he's 75 years old. I mean, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Brian Johnson, you know what I mean? Paul he's Stanley. Well, Brian Johnson's got probably the hardest job in rock and roll. Yes. I mean, I watch, you know what I mean? Anybody that can sing that stuff nightly, it, 
I, my hat's off to him. You He's know? got to put and, his uh, whole body into that, man. His whole body. You can see yeah, it when he's singing. So, so it just, it, there comes a time when you have to bow to father time. You're not the same person that you were. You're not the same kid that you were. So what do you do? Well, you know, you, you get sober, you work harder. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you try and stay in the game more, you know, you don't take shit for granted. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just, you know, like dealing with Ronnie dying Dio yeah. or, you know, when Janie Lane died, it, it's in my book, you know, I was in the back of the LA guns van and I went, I was just on the internet and it said that Janie Lane died. And I thought it was like one of those hoax things. And so I checked it and there were two or three other things. And I I just remember screaming, I go, Tracy, Janie Lane just died. You know, we're in the middle of Indiana or something. We're on the road and and it's a tragedy, but you know, for LA guns and us, life goes on, you know what I mean? And and we, we have a gig tomorrow and we have a gig the next day and stuff like that. And, and you feel bad. And the people that knew him knew that he was having problems. And yeah, I mean, he couldn't, you know, get over it. Yeah. It's hard to process, but unfortunately it is part of life. But, um, well, we, we, again, we just want to make sure people are aware. Oh, real quick before I circle back to the book, a lot of dates coming up for Quiet Right. You guys, you guys have a nice full schedule that uh, stretches all the way through. I even saw some 2023 dates on there. Uh, February 18th, you guys will be in, I hope I'm saying this right, Uncasville, Connecticut. And you're really all over the place. And I noticed on Saturday, June 4th, you're back at the Whiskey. Anytime you see that on your schedule, you must circle that. And, and I'm, I would assume anytime you get to play at the Whiskey, it probably holds a special place for you. Is that is that the case? You know, more so with my original band. Okay. Because, I mean, I literally, what was it, last year? I played the 30th anniversary of the release of Blackout in the Red Room, and we played the whiskey on the day it came out. It was, it was I didn't even know, but the guy that books the whiskey wikipedia me and mm-hmm. said, your record came out on February 22nd, 1990. And I, I just, okay. <laughs> so thank you so uh that was pretty cool you know yeah. kind of marking that in the calendar yeah i mean you know it's i don't live in los angeles anymore i you know i live in las vegas and and, mm-hmm. and i don't go out the way i used to i mean it's just kind of yeah back in the day the whiskey was 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 like cheers you know what i mean mm-hmm. i would go there every night like Lemmy would go to the Rainbow every night, you know. Yeah, I right. sit at my bar stool and I get my free beer and <clears throat> and I would hold court, you know, back then. <laughs> and you know, yeah, it it is nice, but but yeah, I think that people when we play the whiskey this time, you know, with Rudy, I think that there'll be a little bit more, you know, right. attention paid paid for that. Now, one so. of the chapters in your book, you talked a lot about, you know, pop culture growing up, um, your parents having these uh, pay-per-view boxing, drunking parties and stuff and cookouts and a scene where, you know, tattoo 
you know, is on your dad's lap or something like that. It was, it was a really crazy, crazy chapter. And he talked about, you know, going to try to get, um, see Marsha Brady from the Brady Bunch was at some mall and she kind of broke your heart because she didn't want nothing to do with you and didn't want to date you and things like that. You know, it's a funny, funny chapter because <laughs> all of that shit, you know, the same stuff that we grew up watching and, and a teenage, you know, not even a teenage kid, basically, you know, 12, 10, nine year old kid, yeah. you know, and, and you got but the you know, bicycle down. It, maybe it, what's weird about it is that people forget about all that stuff. Um, we all have had probably similar, you know, things happen as far as television history and, and goofy stuff and going to the mall and, you know, but I'm able to tap into it and actually like go back in time and write about it. Like, like I was there, hmm. you know, today yeah. going to the mall and, and all the feelings of um yeah i mean just you know marcia brady you know it's, it's it sounds so it sounds silly but when you're 12 or 13 years old i mean you know it's a big deal yeah you know yeah, and yeah. partridge family i mean laurie partridge come on right sure the, the funniest thing about that chapter though is like you read it and you know you know all of these characters all of these you know actresses and and actors and things and you know and then and then it just jizzy style it just turns into manson and, and, and <laughs> charlie the charlie manson family where you know you're like spending the night in some cave and daring you know your friends to do all that shit and there's writing you know from the manson family so it's just a really cool chapter and uh it's it's that's a true story i mean that's we lived right near spawn ranch in in uh in chatsworth and uh you know the manson thing was was it was a it was a little before my time i was i was younger mm -hmm. then but um you know helter skelter and you could go mm -hmm. to Spawn Ranch and in and around that area in the in the in the canyons and stuff, and you could see shit. Mm -hmm. And it was just it was creepy. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean you're a kid and you're stoned. You know, you're you know, it, it it would be no small thing for some shrieking chick to come out from behind a tree with a butcher knife, you know? Right. So uh yeah, I mean it was it was a heavy thing we did dare each other to go spend the night at spawn ranch Jeez. and uh and couldn't do it wow <laughs> no wow. way that's funny no, that I you talk about that because I, I i grew up in california too and i don't know you'll probably remember the hillside strangler so yeah. i heard about that when i was probably i don't know seven or eight years old but even it was nowhere near, i was in san diego it was nowhere near me but it freaked me the fuck out it's like <laughs> oh my god man the hillside strangler <laughs> shit funny yeah though. i mean you know but 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 yeah, I mean th that's the thing is 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 as a as a writer, I'm able to tap into the and and also the drug stuff, you know, mm -hmm. some of the stuff I talk about when I was a kid experimenting with drugs and and uh, making it funny, you know what I mean, making yeah. it lighthearted and and just you know oh Jizzy's on a peyote trip, you know, or Jim <laughs> actually back then, yeah. you know he's on a peyote trip and he's freaking out and you know, stuff like that. It's, it's funny stuff. I mean, I just assumed that, that everybody when, when we were all younger did the same stuff, you know, experimented with the drugs and took the drugs and, 
Yeah. Well, let's put this up one more time. Do you have another question before okay. I start I, wrapping it up? I want to talk about one more chapter in his book. You got it. Go which for he it. brings back one of my favorite um, chapters in uh, your last book, Unhappy Ending. Unhappy Endings. Uh, you bring back the Platinum Club girls. Ah, yes. That's okay. <laughs> and, you know, those those women, you know, you can read all of that stuff in your last book and you think, wow, these, these women are just were out for just one thing. And then suddenly they they become married and now they got all of these rich husbands and they're just, and they bring this book in they're like, slam it down. And they're like, look at this shit. You know, this, this is us in this book and Jizzy's fucking pointing us out and that's you. And no, that's not me. And they're, you know, just fussing and fighting. That's, <laughs> Very Tell good. Us it, a- it was a good first story to sort yes. of tie back in. Yeah, I mean, you know, these these girls way back when, you know, lived fast and loose just like us guys, and now they're trophy wives, you know, and they don't want their husbands to know about their past, and so they just sort of, you know, hush it up, and and it's 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 not, you know, Sweeping politically correct to talk about, you know, the after parties with the bands and all that stuff. So let me ask you one final question. We'll wrap things up and let you go. Thank you for all your time tonight. When you're putting a book together like this, almost 300 pages, and there's not really, it's not a timeline. It's not a chronological series of events. It's just random short stories. Talk about the process of how you as the writer decide to arrange this chap, you know, you know, order wise. I mean, is it hard to figure that out or you just throw them out there as, as you go along? You know what? It, 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 it's the same. Um, it's the same way that I decide how a record, you know, song order. how the how the how how songs end up on a record. You know, mm-hmm. song one, song two, song three. It's just it's a vibe thing and it's a flow thing, okay. and uh, that's how it's done. I mean, I, I moved a lot of the stories around and and ditched some of them that I didn't think were good enough and. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a process of, of what feels right. There is, there is no science to it. It's just, uh, right. you know, it, it just, it, it just flow. It's for a flow thing. Yeah. You know, so how long have you been working on the book? I mean, I would assume years, right? No, no, no it's a couple of months. Holy wow. crap. Yeah. That's incredible. No. Well, what happened was a obviously the lockdown. Everybody had a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, decided that it might be a good time. Partly because we didn't have any gigs, and I thought maybe it's a good time to diversify. You know, maybe putting out those books, even though it's expensive, you know, might be a good idea because it's always good to have options. You know, because no one knew how long the lockdown was going to go on. I mean, you know, we could have been out of work for years, you know. And so uh, that was partly it. And I thought, well, why not write a new one to sort of go along with the old ones and make the old ones, make it made more sense Mm -hmm. to, to write a new one. And so I just, when I'm in a writing mode, I kind of, the shit just comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I immerse myself in, in writing songs for a record, I basically, I drive my wife crazy because I just, that's, 
I'm in that mode. Sure. You know what I mean? And as far as writing and stories and stuff like that, it really didn't take that long. I had a lot of good ideas. Maybe they were just sitting there for a long time and I never used them. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it didn't really take that long. Honestly, We have a lot of people, um, uh, in the chat room and they're watching this live interview we, there's no edits there's it's just raw yeah, if we interview. fuck up we fuck up and everybody and, sees and it and everyone's uh, <laughs> chiming in and, and um, you know asking some questions and things like that and we'll get to those real quick but well, I do tell those to... people tell those people in the chat room A to subscribe to my channel I hate to be <laughs> the guy because you know if you watch YouTube like I do which I, I watch it a lot and it gets boring i mean it gets annoying when people always have to say please subscribe to the channel and blah 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 but right. now because i have a channel i get it right. i get yeah. it 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 really does mean something when you have subscribers it it and sure. it 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 kind of builds on itself you know what i mean it's, yeah. and so that's why i always ask and i always ask for people to go to my website and get the books and and you know people bitch about the postage and people, you know what I mean, bitch about this and that. But hey, man, it's there are no more record stores. There are no more real bookstores anymore. Right. You know, everyone gets stuff online, and postage is expensive. Yes, it there's is. It's just there's no way around it. If I want to buy something, you know, from overseas, it's going to cost a fortune. But if I really want it, I'm going to get it. You know, and with these books. I said this uh, a day or two ago. I mean, when they're gone, they're going to be gone. I mean, I'm going to keep a couple for myself mm -hmm. to put in my bookcase, but I'm not going to reprint it because it's just, it's too expensive. Sure. You know, it's thousands and thousands of dollars, man. Jeez, man. You know, and, and yeah. uh, you know, it's just, you know, I'm not King Midas. <laughs> well, here's some of the questions from the people in the chat room, and then um, we'll let you go. I do have one question real quick about Quiet Riot's new album. Is that coming soon? Uh, I don't know about soon, but probably this year. I have a question, too, since ACDC has come up a lot. I'm a Bon Scott guy. What about you, Bon or Brian? A bit of both. I like yeah. Brian because I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the Back in Black record. I think that record is one of the best rock records that was ever made along with Aerosmith Rocks mm -hmm. and uh, Zeppelin Physical Graffiti and The Who Quadrophenia. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. But I mean, the Back in Black record is, there's not a shitty song on the entire thing. You're right. I, mean, I See, I feel that way about Highway to Hell. That's in the top five for me. Highway to Hell is a great record too. Yeah, every song, every song. Mm -hmm. All right, well, uh, Alan Clark in the chat room says, very cool interview. I got peeps in Arizona, maybe Bullhead 2022, question mark. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're playing somewhere in April in Bullhead. Yeah, we are. Cool. Awesome. Leslie uh, Allard says, I still go to the bookstore. I want the actual book. Uh, Jennifer. Well, she has to. <laughs> go to. Go to that website. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, okay. uh, the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Jennifer uh, Burkett says, hi, Jizzy. Tell Alex I said hi. Stacy Lundgren says, uh, how high was he when he came up with his name? <laughs> how high were you, Jizzy, when you came up with Jizzy Pearl? Um, how high was I? Well, <laughs> that's that's the question. Name, my real name is Jim, and 
I write about it in my book about how I came from the San Fernando Valley and I would come out to Hollywood and I would see bands like Motley Crue with, with, with guys named Nikki Six and Poison with CC DeVille and Blackie Lawless. And they all seemed very much larger than life. Mm-hmm. Their names on a marquee look larger than life. And my real name isn't, didn't cut it. So we threw some showbiz into it, you know, and, and uh, who knew that 40 years later, I'd still have to, you know, be Jizzo, but uh, <laughs> you know, you are what you are. Right. Uh, Mike DiPertillo says, planning on catching at least two shows on the tour. Way looking forward to seeing and hearing some live Quiet Riot. Yes. Uh, Leslie says, uh, oh, how long have you been clean? Um, clean clean i would she, assume that means sober took a shower right <laughs> yeah um I, I almost four years i guess that's great i mean but i don't i mean i just don't you know my my family is irish and so there's there's addictive personalities in my family i mean some severe ones but i never had that addictive thing i mean some people oh if i take one drink i can't stop and this and that but i just uh i just decided that i was gonna like when i quit smoking weed or doing blow you know a hundred years ago you know i just decided i don't want to smoke weed anymore and i used to love smoking weed mm-hmm. i mean listen to blackout in the red room record i mean you know that was that was us you're very and health so conscious just, now aren't you well yeah, but I mean, I just, the thing about, you know, being sober, it's it's not really, some people, I guess, if they really have a problem and they get sober, they feel a lot better mm-hmm. and, and they talk about it and they wear it, you know, they, they got the AA pin and stuff like that. But for me, I don't know, I just decided I didn't want to drink anymore and uh, sure. sometimes it's boring, Yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, it's just better. It's better because because you want to live longer and you want to be healthy and you want to you don't want to, you know, fuck up. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Speaking of fucking up. So <laughs> your your story or your book, you have a chapter in there. Where you talk about where you're, you're in Amsterdam and you go to the, the red light district and, and these women are, you know, asking you, you know, is telling you how much it's going to be, I guess, ahead or whatever. And I, I was recently in Key West and this was, I was reading your chapter and I had a chuckle because I've never been to Key West before. And I walked, you know, on Duval Street and, and then just these women came up and were grabbing me by my arm forcefully and was like trying to drag me into this club. I didn't know if it was a strip club at the time or if it was, a, you know, a whorehouse or what it was but you know your story about amsterdam and and just how the red light district were is just fascinating and just uh, you know i just had to get a chuckle because i had that kind of an experience same experience as you as you did his eyes were as big as saucers when we found it's very intimidating like you say in your book it's intimidating to talk to these type of women and well the reaper bond was 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 way more heavy in hamburg uh amsterdam the girls were behind the windows the famous girl the the hookers in the windows and stuff and they're just that's different i mean they're almost unapproachable you know Mm -hmm. but but in in the reaper bond and hamburg 
I mean, these girls will just come up to you and start, you know, talking spreadsheets of what's, you know, <laughs> you know, blowjobs are this, you know, if you want this, it's going to be this and blah, blah, blah. Jeez. And it, it is, I mean, you're buzzed and these girls are really, really hot. And it is just, it's, it's just, it's intimidating. I mean, from, you know, amazing it's just like a big hustle and and, and, and it's like i felt like after i I walked off everyone was like check your wallet dude check your wallet you know it's probably gone and they're already going well at least they cut all the bullshit out of out of it to get there you know what i mean they tell you straight up what's going on and here's what it's going to cost so yeah it was just it's so clinical and so professional that it's it's just uh yeah it's 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 intimidating but Hamburg. uh wow you know i mean yeah hamburg is well just hamburg think of the, think what the beatles uh i'm sure you know they had their, their a good time there back in 62 as well i'm sure that was going <laughs> yeah, on back who then knows too. what it's like now i mean you know i toured i toured uh germany when there was the wall was still up oh wow, you know, the wow. Berlin wall and stuff so i mean yeah the, it, it, it was a long long time ago and it was uh yeah it was just yeah different time well, before we cut you loose, let's put this up on the screen one more time. We'd like to ask all the viewers to go check out jizzypearl.net. Make sure you pick up not only his newest book, All the Devils, but make sure you have uh, the, the other three as well. Again, he's offering them. You can either purchase them individually or you can get them as a book bundle. You can find all that on jizzypearl.net. Let's put this up again. This is the new one. It's great. I look forward to finishing it. Almost 300 pages. Uh, it is All the Devils. It's his first book in 15 yeah, years. Yeah, who, 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 who read the whole thing? I got, I got almost all the way through. I'm like a t- about a couple chapters still left to go. Okay. Wow. There's, a, there's a story at the end that's really good. Uh, it's called The Curse of the 80s. Oh, I read that. I did read that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. That's it a good is. one. Yeah, this book is for for this book is is a little less harsh than the other ones if you guys you guys read some of the we other ones. The, the we other read ones the were, third one. Yes. Yeah, the other ones were were it you know, I mean just time goes on and 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 uh the stories these stories are are a little less shocking maybe than uh the ones in the other books but you know that guy was a different guy that guy was was a viking you know what i mean and 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 still out you know pillaging and and this guy is married but he's you know still can tell good fart jokes (laughs) do you think you have more books in you or do you think this is it i i can always write more it just depends i mean it it, it's it's an energy thing for Mm -hmm. me it's uh I'm doing the YouTube channel now right. and maybe that'll turn into something. But, you know, as you alluded to before, Quiet Riot has a lot of shows. Yes. And if you're playing three shows a weekend, every weekend for months, that doesn't leave you a whole lot of free time. You know what I mean? No. You're, you're gone a lot and it's a lot of airports and it's a lot of, getting up early and it's a lot of travel and 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 so you don't have the luxury of of mm-hmm. of being the 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 novelist sitting by the fire you know casually writing down stuff it's right. uh, so i'm i'm focused we're gonna work more on this quiet riot record mm-hmm. we got some songs done we're gonna do some more uh 
and that'll probably be out this year. And there's just going to be a, a shitload of touring. And um, that's great. He's going to be singing yeah. over um, Frankie Benali's drum tracks. Oh wow! So it's going to be a record, I believe, that's still going to have Frankie's oh, uh, drumming that, on it. That's special. That, so that's going to be well, a very yeah, special and, album. and Rudy playing on it. Yeah, yeah that's very cool. Man. We're going to need a Tulsa. We're going to need a Tulsa date from you guys, man. No doubt. So well, all the devils. You have to look on the schedule. Maybe there is something. I don't think there was one yet. Yeah, I didn't see it. But hopefully, well, you're going to put. All there. You, you know put in the mean? good word some for the, us. Some of the shows haven't been announced. There's a there's a tour coming up that hasn't been announced yet, and I I I can't talk about it. But that might it's a it's a shed tour it's a big tour cool. and we're one of the openers Great. so uh that could very well you know hit you guys good Who knows? good so, we hope so we yeah. hope so and hopefully you guys will get out there to key west and play rock island fest yeah, next year as well it's a great time man so all the devils the title has anyone asked you where where did this come up from um because the because the the um the cover is a representation of a tarot card if you look at it let's go back to i mean it it. my wife is into this stuff and so uh there's a card in the tarot deck called the devil card and um what that card is it's not satanic but what it is is it, it talks about people's addictions and people's vices so if you look at the cover um it's what people are chained to in their lives you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if you see, I'm chained to being Jizzo, which is, okay. you know, right. kind of weird. And if you look down on the other stuff, there's there's some magic mushrooms and there's some booze bottles and there's there's some skulls of my ex-girlfriends. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. I, w- I was looking for I mean? a Hollywood sign on there somewhere, too. It's yeah, there. so I mean, the stuff, the car, the the cover is basically a representation of what the devil card would would be if it was a Jizzo deck. You know what okay. I mean? So that's kind of where that title came from. Awesome. That makes sense. I'm glad you explained that. Man, you have given us over an hour of your time. Thank you so, so much. This has just been great and um we really appreciate your work not only your written work but your work with with quiet quiet riot love hate all all the stuff you've done it's just been uh it's it's just been a pleasure getting to know you better and we really we really just say congratulations for doing such a good job on these yeah. books and uh, what's so cool is last night we were as we were doing some research on on you jizzy we were actually watching a pay-per-view boxing match okay that's in one of his well, I, I'm glad you guys dug it, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know you guys are one of the uh, one of the good ones. Thanks, awesome. buddy. Thank you, that man. means a lot because I know you do a lot of these, and I'm sure a lot of them are pretty boring. But thanks for being Wayne's so cool. World. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, anytime you have something new to promote, we're here, and we'll we'll put you on. We thank you so much for your time, everybody. Please check out JizzyPearl.net, order those books, and subscribe to his J Pearl TV on YouTube. Yeah, go do us, that right now. And hit those hearts. Give him some love, everybody. Right. Give give uh, Jizzy Pearl some love. <laughs> right. He wants to say it's Valentine's coming up, so give him some love. That's right. Jizzy, thank you so much. Have a great night. Right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jizzy. Okay, man. Thank Appreciate you. you. Thanks. Keep rocking. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. There you go. Cool guy. I'm glad I got that question about the, the title. I know. 
I know that, uh, that that was an interesting. I haven't looked at the cover close enough to see all of that, but very cool. I wanted to ask him about his uh, thoughts above the Dio hologram, and well, I, you know, he did say his thoughts, but I was going to ask him what did he think about if there was ever going to be a Jizzy Pearl hologram. Will there ever be a Scott Squires hologram? No, uh, coming soon. <laughs> when when this Scott Squires gets tired and too old, we're going to have a Scott Squires hologram wow that's yeah. great that's so special. i mean we're we have a lot in common we had strippers you know mm-hmm. you have that in common forcing us into you establishments oh, and, I see. and watching pay-per-view boxing and matches. that's weird because for me I, I there's some things i could relate to as well the, yep. the 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 partying and the stuff that comes with it and so yeah i mean you know some of our experiences are kind of the same they may be on a smaller level mm-hmm. but we yeah. experienced a lot of the same kind of things. So, you know, Ronnie James Dio was uh, a big influence on him. You know, he wanted to be that type of singer and he, you know, realized like, man, this is kind of tough. It takes a lot more than just singing. It, it takes a look and mm-hmm. you have to have an appeal about your band. And he would, you know, mentioning all these people he'd have to hang out with the CC DeVille's the Nikki Sixes, the Robin, Robin Crosby's and he, and he'd be in a club and here comes Robin. And he's all decked out and tall yeah. and just looking awesome. Yeah. And he's like, how can I, how can I compete with this? A rock like, God, you yeah. know, a, a, someone like Robin Crosby and he, you know, sure. Rat sure. and all this. Well, definitely check out his book. It, it's a, uh, I mean, it's just pure entertainment, and it's really intelligent. Too. I think I, I relate to mostly the his explanation of the name change. I get that completely. Oh, sure, you sure, want to sure. have something cool, not not your real name, hint, hint, so you know. Yeah, st- you got to stand out. I mean, that's 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 the name of the game for sure. Real quick, we're running uh, short on time because we don't want to hold you guys too much longer on a Sunday night. But let's give a shout out to DEB Concerts, our sponsor. Look at these blockbuster shows coming up. He's bringing in Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube with Warren G. March 24th. All of these shows are at the BOK. Uh, April 30th, Megadeth, Lamb of God in Flames. And then August 20th, Poison with Cinderella's Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns. Congratulations, Doug Burgess, on those shows. Check out debconcerts.com for more information. Psychomo Filmworks, we thank you so much for the cool new intro. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks, Mike. Totally appreciate it. Identity Merch runs our online store, and if you have any kind of uh, band printing needs or business, it doesn't have to be a band, uh, Todd Cook can hook you up with some screen printing, so check them out at Identity Merch. OKPC, thank you, Dustin Little, for making our streaming on multi-platforms possible. If you have any IT needs, you can check them out, OKPC at 918-640-0892 or email Dusty, Dustin at OKPC.com, GregShipman.com. We thank you for all the, all the great, uh, you've made us look great with, with the pictures and everything on here. We appreciate all you guys have done for us. Congratulations and all your success going on right now with your band. Uh, Riverside Rebellion, make sure you guys check them out, and Surviving Rock, Oklahoma. We appreciate Adam making these Zoom calls possible. Let's talk a little bit about the upcoming shows. Uh, we, our next one will be Sunday, February 20th at 6 p.m. Central with Chips Enough of Enough's Enough. Yeah, I just texted him uh, yesterday and oh, cool. gave him a reminder. He says, thanks, Scott. <laughs> well, let, we'll have to do it again, probably on February 18th, 19th, and 20th, but that's okay. We'll, we'll stay locked in with old Chip. And then TMS episode 53, Eddie Trunk will be on. Wow, that's going to be awesome. That's a Thursday evening at 6.30 Central. 
Uh, and then we've got TMS episode 54. This guy is so cool. We saw him at Rock Island Fest with Brett Michaels' band. It's Norman Voss. He plays bass for Brett Michaels. And so those are going to be some very cool shows coming up. And we would be remiss if we did not say, Josh Jones, we love you and we're thinking about you. We're very sorry for the passing of your mother. She was beautiful and, and um, was very supportive of you. And I know your heart is hurting and we're hurting with you, but we love you and we're, we're thinking about you and praying for you. And I don't know if, if everybody knows, um, I, I mean, I don't think it's a secret, but our buddy Travis Oles is battling cancer as well right now. And we just want to send thoughts and prayers to Travis. And if you guys uh, can, Love re- you, man. if you can reach out to him, drop him a line, check on him, and see how he's doing. Uh, he's a, been a staple in this town uh, behind the drums, and he's a good guy. So we're praying for him as I'll well. Kill a bitch. That he will. He'll get you. He'll get you. Fried he's chicken in the ear, my fried friend. Fried chicken in the ear. He's a good dude. It wasn't just fried chicken. I'm gonna need a little Jaeger. That was more like a, a wing, wasn't it? It was a chicken wing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to talk to him and get him on here. You know, for a little short segment if he's feeling up to it. Just yeah, we want to thank everybody for tuning in in the chat room. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Tr- Tracy Long, Dustin Little, uh, Tanya Thompson, Bernadette. Oh, you know what? And man, get well, Teresa Gaddy. She's not feeling well tonight. That's why we're like lost on who's in the chat room because she's not here helping us keep track of it. Uh, she's not feeling well. She's under the weather. So get well, sister. We and hope you're doing good. Thank you, Doug Weber, for tuning in. Uh, Tammy, thank you. Carla Rice, thank you. Leslie, I already said. Uh, Angie Parker, there you are. How you doing? And <laughs> Alan Clark, thank you. We had some people uh, from uh, Arizona, Mexico City. So cool. Um, just a lot of people and in so many different places. I don't know if I saw something about Australia I think so. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we got some people that are, you know, I like, yeah, hello from Australia. That's Peter Tazgazazoom. Hello, Peter from Oklahoma. You know. Not as cool as Australia, cool. is it? When you have someone from Australia and, and, and people from Mexico, and it's just amazing that we can sure. all have share this story that is everything Jizzy Pearl and, and – yeah. uh, talking about everyone's story it's it's just amazing that these people can come in and it's very and, cool and yeah. just, uh tune in it's Love amazing it. it's like it's like having your own tv show basically yeah minus the minus the big payday ad that's right okay. that's okay we're working on it anyway we, we we love you guys we hope you have a great week and we will see you back here i think i said february 20th with chips and chips yes and february 20th at 6 p.m okay i appreciate that okay it wouldn't be a show without throwing paper that i get to pick up as they walk oh you hit the camera i did didn't i, I did good it's shaking you done good nine done good hey jizzy was thanks. cool thanks again jizzy thanks buddy You guys have a great night. Have a great week. Thanks for watching Tulsa Music Stream. We'll see you back here on February 20th. Tulsa Music Stream. Good night.